Hello, I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is our All Good News episode of Total SF. The Chronicle's starting a similar news project on the bright side, online and in print. Share your own stories by putting good news in the subject line and emailing metro at sfchronicle.com. Now on to Total SF, recorded with Heather Knight last night. We'll pick up mid-conversation because it's more entertaining that way. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, What are you drinking? Uh, This is probably not what we're going to use on the podcast. Maybe we will. I don't know. (laughs) We can use it. Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. I have some kind of red wine from our um, extensive cellar. I don't know what we would be doing right now without alcohol. Yeah. Are you getting like seven zoom invites a night to drink i could drink two (laughs) times every night no i guess i'm not as popular as you okay well maybe my friends just drink more than yours (laughs) all right you good Uh uh-huh welcome back to total sf heather knight and welcome to our first ever skype remote weird podcast with our living rooms in back of us (laughs) um yeah our listeners can't see it, but um, very tastefully appointed your your <laughs> living room. We have excellent taste. Yeah. So welcome back, Heather. Um, this feels kind of weird to begin, but I think it's going to start to feel okay in a little bit because we're going to do the total SF thing. Uh, we're going to cover today some of the kind of beautiful things that we've seen in Bay Area and some real positive stories coming out of San Francisco and the Bay Area. Um, Our jobs have kind of changed a little bit. A lot of our coverage has changed, but we've still seen kind of some of those total SF things going on that we were talking about before this all happened. Yeah, I think we should make a plug right now that every Tuesday at noon, San Franciscans should go outside (laughs) on their front doorsteps and scream. Remember the siren that used to come on every Tuesday at noon? This is a test. This is only a test. They're um, repairing that now, and we could actually use a siren now. So people figured that we should all just go out and scream every Tuesday at noon. So I think we need to make that a thing. I absolutely love that idea, and um, I'm all for that. And we've got several other examples of good things in San Francisco and in the Bay Area that are happening in this episode. We'll get to that. But I just want to say welcome back. My friend, it is good to podcast with you again. (laughs) You too. I'm Peter Hartlop. I'm Heather Knight. And this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Welcome back, Heather Knight, to uh, Total SF. In our new reality, the coronavirus age. Hello, old friend. Hello. I haven't seen you in so long, but I'm looking at you on Skype right now. Yeah. Not the same. Not the same. You wouldn't put your video on the other day when we did Skype (laughs) because I think because you had your glasses on or something. (laughs) I did. But I put it on video. Yeah. Um, How you doing? Uh, We're hanging in there. Of course, we've had better months. I think 2020 might be the worst year of my entire long life. But <laughs> and then we heard today that San Francisco and all Bay Area public schools are closed till May 1st. Oh. 
which is why I'm hitting the bottle hard tonight, especially. Yeah. So what's your, what's like the worst part of that for you? Um, May 1st, we heard it too in the Alameda Unified School District where my wife is a teacher. She's the librarian at Alameda Mm -hmm. High School. What's the worst part of that May 1st date for you? Um, that it's not until May 1st. (laughs) (laughs) It's weeks and weeks away. It's just hard because obviously the coronavirus means every journalist in San Francisco is working their tails off and then trying to pay attention to my kids and homeschool them at the same time. Yeah. I don't Kind of a lot. I don't know how it is with your kids. Your kids are younger than mine. Um, with my kids, it's that if I'm working and get distracted, they will disappear to some corner of the house with a screen and not be doing educational things. Yeah. So that's my problem. I don't see them enough. Um, they're not bugging me. They're like, oh, you know, dad's busy. He's on a phone call. And then, you know. They, he won't notice if I go watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. I, and I sympathize with that. That's how I would have been at their age. Um, but uh, how, how about you? What's your What's your outlook? I think I'm lucky. My boys are six and nine, so they can definitely entertain themselves for like an hour at a time. But um but they definitely need some supervision and some guidance so that they don't just disappear down the YouTube rabbit hole. Um, yeah. But I, I was realizing how lucky I am to not have babies and toddlers right now. <laughs> oh like I do not know how journalists with babies and toddlers are. What do you think the worst? Sanity. Our kids have the same spread, you know, like about two, three years apart. What would be the worst ages right now to have your kids be? Uh, like six months and three and a half, maybe. I'd say two and four or two and five because you've got one that's just learning to walk and move around and like just absolutely anything could kill them. Oh, that's one. I think one would be the worst, one and four. Okay. And I think five, like they're smart enough to get into like, you know, they're a little bit diabolical by five. So anybody with like a two and a five or a one and a five, um, you get the medal from me. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to make this take a total SF spin as we're wont to do. Even in the coronavirus era, I think we can celebrate some positive things that are going on here because through all the rough things going on, I'm seeing some good things out there too. Yeah, me too. I'm hearing a lot of really sweet and happy stories and people are really trying hard. I'm not even finding very many trolls on Twitter these days. It's like people are being... A lot nicer than usual. Yeah, I. It's like ninety eight percent nice. People like journalists now. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a little bit of the take down the paywall. I don't. I don't see anybody oh. at the grocery store <laughs> saying, "Give me my groceries for free." It's a coronavirus, <laughs> and we're we're putting some really vital information for free. But I got yeah. like no sympathy for the um, no. for the people that want their journalism for free. I'm sorry, especially when I know who they are and I know that they can afford the ninety five cent first month <laughs> yeah. introductory price like hello yeah 95 cents and your email and then you're gonna love it so much you will pay for it for the rest of your life guaranteed yes, yes it's so worth it and stop asking us to work for free yeah okay so we're in agreement there um i want to get to the positive stuff but first let's just update people a little bit i feel like this happened super suddenly mm-hmm and I've looked at a calendar, and it was not four years ago that this started, but that's what <laughs> it, it feels like. like. It it's was. like beyond dog years. It's like, I don't know what, fruit fly years. Like every Time is so screwed up right now. My older yeah. son at dinner was like, what day is this? And I was like, Wednesday. And he's like, 
Wednesday? It seems more like maybe Tuesday or maybe Thursday. Yes. I was like, yeah, who knows? I don't know what day it is anymore. I work like every day. Um, Me too. So the best I can describe it is I, I think of it like the before times. Like mm -hmm. you and I were like riding muni buses and- um, We got to leave our houses. Got to leave our houses. We put um, on actual clothes. Remember when we would put on movies? That was like uh -huh. four years ago, right? No, that was like a, less <laughs> way, than a month way ago. Way, way back in the day when the Balboa Theater was open. And then one day, <laughs> one day we got this notice from um, Audrey Cooper that, hey, we're going to try work from home day tomorrow. And we know coronavirus is a real thing and we're following the news. But I'm thinking like, God, this is kind of early for this. Mm -hmm. And then we all like figure out how to use our computers and stuff. And then what i don't know what was it two weeks ago we get a notice we're all working from home now and that for me is when it became really real um yeah yeah that was one thursday i remember it was a thursday but i have no, <laughs> no idea how long ago the thursday was but then that next friday the next day was when we heard that schools were shutting and then that for me was really real like oh my god I, my husband's working from home i'm working from home and <laughs> both of the boys are going to be home all day every day yeah, so the schools shut down, and then um, I'm suddenly, your job has essentially stayed the same. I mean, your life has changed. Um, my days of uh, writing about culture have shifted. I'm, I'm basically a Metro GA right now. Yeah. Um, I'm actually today working on a story that you couldn't do. Um, which must be a great pleasure to you to see that I'm having to like call <laughs> up sources and like <laughs> I'm going back 20 years to my previous life when I was a real reporter and uh, and uh, Heather takes a drink of wine there. I think we should just <laughs> call that out when one of us takes a sip of wine. Okay. All right. Um, it's a drinking game. When the other person sips, then you have to sip. Okay. But uh, anyway, life has changed greatly. Um, yes. One thing that hasn't changed I feel like like this is really bad and there's horrible scenarios and the reality of this pandemic is, you know, just shocking and overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I also feel like that kind of thing that we had latched onto about people are generally good, San Francisco's a beautiful city. Mm -hmm. I feel like that part's ramping up too. And I wanted yeah. to talk to you about that today. Yeah, we should focus on the positive because... There's so much negative out there right now. So do you want to start with your little library story that was really upbeat? Yeah. I mean, that was one of my returns to real reporting. Um, it started by looking out my window. and um, I think all of our stories are going to come <laughs> yeah, from looking out our window. There's a lot of that. And I was kind of unmoored. I didn't, you know, I've got this kind of new job where I'm having a... Um, work on more news stories and, and harder feature stories. And I'm like, what am I going to write about? And then I walk by my neighbor's little library, which honestly used to have like Tom Clancy books and like romances with like Fabio on the cover. I mean, <laughs> totally. I'd open it up. There was not a lot in there I was going to read. I think Goodnight Moon was in there because every mm -hmm. parent gets four copies of that book. And then I walk by and not kidding you, there's disinfecting wipes food like canned food not bad canned food like not the stuff she's throwing away like the canned pumpkin left over from thanksgiving she <laughs> yeah. like went to trader joe's and got like the good canned soup and chili and stuff that's really nice yeah and like treats there were like there was like candy in there and um 
And then I added a roll of toilet paper because wow, we, we have a little bit of extra. very valuable. Totally. And like in this Mad Max world, toilet paper is like gasoline. I mean, like that's the <laughs> rarest thing. And then I threw it out on Twitter. And then people start telling me that this is happening around them too, that like their little libraries are turning into these little coronavirus aid stations. That's so cool. Yeah. And I wanted to cry. So I, Aww. you know, had my emotional moment and then- yeah. Realize, well, this is a story, and this is a story I'd really love to write. So mm -hmm. I got a hold of the Little Library's national headquarters. There is a Little Library's national headquarters in Wisconsin. And I immediately get to their website, and on their website, there's a Little Library photo that's filled with toilet paper from Illinois. Like, everybody's mm -hmm. doing this everywhere. And they didn't put out this national call. They didn't say, let's turn all the Little Libraries into stations where people can go and find supplies that are really rare and and that they might need to feel more secure or feel mm -hmm. safer like people just did it on their own and mm -hmm. they and and I, when i put this out there in the bay area people's like yeah I've, we've got one of those in san mateo we've got one in hayward and i wrote my story and then since i wrote my story people have been sending me photos that they've done it to theirs they put food in and toilet paper and and disinfecting wipes and um, that's awesome. I think people are so eager to help in any way they can because it's just so awful. So that's a really creative way to do it. Yeah. So that's, that was my first one. Um, yeah. your first life affirming, uh, <laughs> thing that you saw. I've been getting a ton, but one that I wrote about the um, part of my Sunday column, um, was, I don't know how many days ago that was, but it, it was on a Sunday. Um, was a mom who lives in San Francisco who just got really distraught when she kept hearing about hospital workers not having enough masks. And it's just so crazy that in such a rich city, you know, we're expecting doctors and nurses to treat patients with this extremely contagious disease without the proper protective gear. It's just insane. And so she got so mad about this that this mom... Um, took her four-year-old daughter, Finley, um, in the car all over the city, picking up um, boxes of masks that people have left over from the wildfires because the doctors can really use those N95 masks. And if um, people weren't able to drop them off at the hospitals themselves, they'd just leave them on the doorsteps and she would go pick them up with her little girl in the back seat who was wearing a superhero mask the whole time. We have some awesome photos of the little girl. And the quote from the mom, Jamie Roche, was... Um, really moving. She said, quote, I kept telling her, meaning her daughter, if we can be anything right now, if I can teach you anything, it's to be brave and to be kind and to think about other people. And oh. I thought that was really sweet. Oh my God. I remember reading that. And then the photo. Um, I know the little girl with the cape and the mask. I know little girl with the cape and the mask. Strong, strong bat kid vibe. Totally. With that story. I love that yes. story. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Cool. And then you also found out about a cool art class. I'm seeing right? a lot of this. Um, you wrote about uh, Wendy McNaughton. Wendy McNaughton. Yeah, she's um, my son is loving her classes every 10 a.m. on Instagram Live. Wendy McNaughton leads these really upbeat, fun, live drawing classes that are just, you know, great for the art, but also for the message. She kind of weaves in um, upbeat messages about how you should pay attention to your feelings and it's okay to tell people how you're really doing. And the one I liked was, um, she said, thank your parents. They're working really hard for you right now. And my son turned to me in the moment and said, thank you, mommy. And I was like, I love you, Wendy McNaught. Oh, it's awesome. And I hear she's getting like thousands of people following yeah. her now on yeah. Instagram. 
Um, my guy is Nathan Tan. He uh, does new school clothing. And you may have seen it. He does a lot of um, Bay Area-based clothing for children and adults. Um, he's a former graffiti artist. He may still be a graffiti artist. I don't know. But um, he kind of turned that style into clothing. And he has a lot of clothing with, like, actually he paints on headphones like they're around your neck. He's done clothing oh, cool. with the Bay oh, Bridge. He did the uh, my favorite one, which I've ordered now, the uh, black Sutro Tower hoodie. And then the Sutro Tower is down the center, and it's glow-in-the-dark. Super Ooh, cool. I need to get that. So he's this really cool guy, new school. He's a San Francisco guy, um, has a background as a graffiti artist. Now he's a designer. And he starts creating um, Uncle Nate's uh, uh, creativity time, which is it's on Instagram, and it's these cool... Um, it's one sheets like you can print them out and it almost reminds me of like when you go to Denny's and they give you the, the um, <laughs> coloring thing, coloring thing, like the activity thing to keep your kid busy. Except mm-hmm. what he's doing is doing like drawing lessons in four or five parts with um, San Francisco landmarks. Oh, so, we should do that. Yeah. So he does um, Sutra Tower. He's got like a Bart one. He's got a Palace of Fine Arts one. And he does it in this sort of... Um, graffiti style i don't know how to describe it except for to look at it it's this um really cool style that like kids are going to look at it and think it's way cooler than if like i did it so um i've got to check that out nathan tan and he's just like saying hey i don't think he has a super big following right now Uh um it's uh uh nathan tan uh on instagram nice and uh he's on twitter too and he's sharing them there too yeah and just super cool i've got my younger kid on that like hey here's something to do if you got 20 minutes to just learn to draw a little bit so Mm -hmm. uh, love Nathan Tan I'm also finding that besides you know offering something you know very significant like the people we've just been talking about that people are just meeting their neighbors more and just being kinder in general to the people around them and I um, wrote about one really sweet exchange in a Knob Hill apartment building where um, this 34 year old single guy and a 76 year old widow lived down the hall from each other had never met each other before and the day that mayor breed announced that the city was essentially shutting down at midnight the um the young guy had been wanting to buy a piano and he um called this piano store and was like can you deliver me a piano right now and the store was like okay so he started playing and he got a note under his door and figured it was from a neighbor who did not like the music because you know that's always what notes from neighbors yeah are like. that's always what notes from neighbors are like <laughs> in the before times yes but, yeah. but it was from the 76 year old widow and it read thank you for the music i can hear it down the hall and it made me happy keep playing and they they've been writing notes back and forth to each other and he keeps playing the piano for her and she goes and listens outside his door that also was a really sweet story oh my god that's so cinematic that could be like a movie who plays them in the movie heather <laughs> go Oh my goodness! Maybe she would be Helen Mirren, yeah, and then he would be, hmm, like um, Chris. Who's that guy? Chris. Oh my God! Hemsworth, the the Thor. Yes. Yeah, Maybe. good one. I don't so know. You want I don't him actually to be a real hunky like. guy, and then um, uh, and then I like that Helen Mirren or like a Julie Andrews. Like you want Ooh. that kind of British prim Dignity. thing. So the scene. Yeah. Where she comes out, you assume <laughs> she's going to be really angry in a British way. Yeah. And then it's like this nice note, and then they're yeah. friends. Okay. And <laughs> okay. scene. It's a movie, for sure. Okay, I got my last one. 
Um, okay. And it's sort of a little bit of a journey. But um, I got here and I like got my stuff out of the Chronicle. And, you know, at one point I'm getting like a suitcase filled with all of this podcast equipment I'm using out of the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not thinking to myself like this is goodbye. I'm just thinking, all right, get the stuff out and then I'll come back. You know, I'll take the ferry back and ride my bike around San Francisco when I miss it, just like I do all the time, you know, because I spend mm-hmm. half my life in San Francisco. Half my waking hours for the last 20 years have been spent At in San least. Francisco, even yeah. even though I live in Oakland or Alameda. So I get here and I realize, like, you know, other than one day where I'm reporting in Oakland, I'm mostly reporting from home. Chronicle mm-hmm. doesn't want us going out and mixing up with people unless we have to. And then Bay Ferry, this is when it hit me, the Bay SF Bay Ferry puts out this tweet that basically says, if you don't have, you know, absolute necessary reason to be in San Francisco, don't come here. Don't ride our ferry. We don't want you on. I think it said, like, we don't want you on our ferry. Wow. And and not in a mean way. Thanks a lot, ferry. No, no. I mean, they just want (laughs) to get the, like, people who have necessary jobs in San Francisco there. Yeah, totally. And they don't want tourists you know because that's dangerous we want spacing so when i saw that tweet i'm like oh my god i can't see san francisco anymore like i'm gonna be months without san francisco this place i've spent half my life Mm -hmm. you and i have sort of built this we both kind of fell in love with the city Mm -hmm. again and we celebrate it so i end my day every day when i can if it's not raining or i don't have a deadline i get on my bike and ride to the same point um in alameda um it's a really not a real well traveled point, but it's got a great view of Sutro. I can see Sutro. Mm-hmm. I can see nice. the Hunters Point shipyard, uh, the crane, which I love, and I can see downtown. And then Aww. I go there and I put on, uh, I'm going to go back there someday by on the Muppets, you know, Muppet movie. <laughs> Aww, Gonzo that's so sings sad. it. This sounds super modeling, but it's not because it's like a, this really sweet song. Um, and the lyrics are perfect. Well, I can't leave and you can't come. So. Yeah, I know. We can't see each other anymore. So, and then anyway, today, and then when I ride back, I always ride a different way through Alameda. Like I take different streets to just like see what's going on. And um, today I go back and I'm just riding and it's getting dark. And all of a sudden I see these lights just standing out and somebody had put lights all around their house. And then in their main window and big lights, they made a big heart. And then they just had this like burning, what looked like a burning candle in the middle of it. But it's a light too. I did. I'm going to share it uh, with this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I just stopped there and just like felt centered. I don't know how Mm. to describe it. Like I've been, I've been driving out there to kind of say hello to San Francisco and kind of, you know, express my feelings. And then I come home and I'm just like, oh, this is going to maybe be okay. Because yeah. bad stuff's going to happen, but people are good and they mm-hmm. like care about each other. Like this person mm-hmm. like took the time to put up these lights just to let mm-hmm. people know, you know, heart, I care about you. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt like as okay as I've felt through all of this. Oh, that's so that, really good. that's my last one. People are definitely putting up a lot of art in their windows. Um, there's this thing called the Rainbow Walk where kids around the Bay Area are creating rainbows, um, painting or coloring and then hanging them in their front windows so that other kids can go on like a gallery walk to follow the rainbow which is really sweet and speaking of hearts I heard that the Mark Hopkins hotel on Knob Hill has figured out how to light some rooms and keep others dark so that it forms a giant heart on the side of the building 
That's so Mark Hopkins Hotel. It is. <laughs> so San We got to go to top of the mark when we can go back. Yes. Um, very good segue for um, this is actually a total SF uh, regular feature now that I've had Jessica Christian and um, Connor Letourneau on just to talk about their beats and, and uh, you know, the coronavirus, how it's changed things and get their get their backstories to, you know, humanize mm-hmm. them a little bit more. And one feature I have is what I took for granted. Mm-hmm. And part of it is like, you know, the things that I wish I had appreciated, but it's also things I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So, um, are you in with me? We share sure. one. I took so for many. Granted. How do we even pick? Yeah. Um, well, I'll... I definitely took teachers for granted. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like trying to deal with two kids um, is hard enough, and then when you think that they're dealing with twenty to thirty kids every day, all day, that they aren't like. I mean, they're invested in them, but it, they're not like responsible in that. They're their own children. Yeah. But I just can't imagine like doing this for thirty kids every single day. I yeah. really respect teachers, and I wish that society valued them more and paid them more because they are definitely heroes. You know, you've written about that a lot, and mm-hmm. it's not like you were ignoring this before this all happened, but do you feel like when this ends, that's going to be something you're thinking about and pursuing even more as a journalist? Yeah, I'm, I'm always looking at ways to cover public education, and um, I'm just really appreciating just the time you know that it takes like we're trying to come up with stuff for the kids to do each day and just like you know you hear that um the lesson planning and going over what they do afterwards and it just all adds up and it's so much time that they're spending yeah that's a good one um mine is uh my mother's uh albandiga soup mm-hmm. um I miss my family. I miss my parents. Yeah. They, yeah. they're, you know, they want me to come and visit them, and I'm just like, we can't. Mm-hmm. And they want to see their grandchildren, and you know, and what I realize is like, my mom is uh, Mexican. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother's gone, and she kind of has all these family recipes that are so delicious and like, you know, absolute touchstones to my life. Mm-hmm. And I've never taken the time to ask her how to um, make them. So Well, she could tell you over the phone, right? I was thinking about that. Maybe we could do a Skype like we're doing now. You just drank, by the way. and uh, <laughs> I've been drinking throughout. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm thinking like, you know, maybe I should do Skype, but I, I'm just, I wish I had kind of, we, we bond about sports. Done it together, yeah. Um, we bond over our children. We bond over our family history and all these things, but um, my mom's this fantastic cook. I love cooking. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we just haven't spent a day having her teach me how to make this. This soup is like all five senses. It mm. hits you at once. It's so delicious. It's my favorite thing. Okay, and... after this is over, you're going to learn how to cook the soup and then have me and my husband over okay. for a double date. All right. That is a deal. What we took for granted <laughs> um, when it's all over, we'll get that done. Uh, Another thing I wanted to say that I took for granted is just how much this city has to offer. Like as a parent of small kids, you're not really going out every single night or anything and you kind of have to pick and choose. But I just always took for granted that all these restaurants are always going to be there, all these movie theaters, all these regular theaters, um, just all these sites and the cable cars and everything would just always be there and you could just go do them whenever you had the time. But now you can't. And like the the feeling of being... Like, I'm really busy during the workday, but other than that, it's kind of boring. 
Like the feeling of being bored in San Francisco is really <laughs> weird because I never feel bored usually. Here's what I think though. Um, and I think as much as we're missing this stuff now, as much as it's going to be tragic that I really am worried so much of this stuff isn't going to be there when we get Me back. Me too. Um, I think when we do visit these places, I think about, we had opening day tickets, Heather. We were mm-hmm. going to go to opening I day know. at the Giants together and just, We were going to tweet from the bleachers and tell people to come hang out with us. Yeah, it was going to be such a total SF moment. But, you know, baseball will come back, basketball mm-hmm. come back, the restaurants will hopefully, you know, a great many of them will come back. Mm-hmm. Um, Balboa Theater, I, I can just I'm imagine, really you know, Balboa, stay strong. I can imagine our first movie back at the Balboa. Mm-hmm. And all of this, what a celebratory feel mm-hmm. it'll have if we can get through this. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping so. So um, I had a good time. Will you do this again with me periodically? Anytime. I've got all the time in the world. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm literally not going anywhere. Okay. Well, th- let's make this like a, a – I'd like it to – I'd love it for it to be a weekly thing. We can have yeah, different topics. And um, – yeah. Any any other new business, Heather? Uh, no. <laughs> Everything's just the same every day. <laughs> Good to see you, my friend. And uh, we'll talk again soon. And uh, I don't even remember our sign-off anymore. So I'll just say, uh, uh, let's talk again soon and uh, hang in there, San Francisco and the Bay Area. We love you, San Francisco. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Total SF co-host Heather Knight. Total SF is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. My colleagues have been putting themselves out there doing incredible work. Now more than ever, support Total SF and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at www.sfchronicle.com slash pod.